Welcome to Fountain of Life Worship Center's podcast. We're glad you're here with us today. Today you will hear a message previously recorded from our pastor, youth pastor, or a guest speaker. Join us as we know God, grow in God, and go with God today. Let's jump into the message. Mom! 
done for me Worthy is the Lamb who was slain And worthy is the King who conquered the grave And worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquers the grave And worthy is the Lamb who was slain And worthy is the King who conquers the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy, worthy, worthy Oh, this is amazing grace This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You Good morning, Fountain of Life. They were singing about this grace, and I want to read what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And he has said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses, so the power of Christ may dwell in me. Therefore, I delight in weaknesses. It insults, in distresses, in persecutions, in difficulties, in behalf of Christ. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. So through His grace, this morning we're strong. Amen. It doesn't matter what we're faced with, what circumstances. You know, um, I was uh, reading that scripture this morning, and I was kind of thinking. You know, when when we have a body ache or something we realize that we have a weakness in our body so we kind of go toward the medicine cabinet and we grab that little Tylenol or Advil or something and we take that because we realize that that's something that's good for us in our weakness listen we need to realize that in Christ when we're having those moments when we have those difficulties in our life Paul said I love that he says that most gladly, therefore, I would rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. So when you're weak this morning, he's strong. Amen? Amen. It is so good to see you. Hey, lots of stuff going on this week. Uh, let's keep Mike Parsons in your prayer. Mike had a very successful surgery. Um, he, um, I tell you, Wednesday night, we talked about the spirit of Leviathan, and we talked about being not, you know, being careful when we talk about people. Mike's probably listening this morning, so I'm not talking about him. I wasn't joking when I said Wednesday that we need to pray for the nurses. He's wearing them out. But the, I tell you what, though, he's got a couple that, that that's just they come back at him just as good as he goes at them. So, uh, but continue to pray for him. Uh, all of his drain tubes are out uh, off the vent. Uh, uh, Erica just told me right before I came up here, they are ahead of schedule. So, uh, so that is a, a great thing this morning. So continue to pray for him. Uh, continue to pray for Brother Jim. Uh, Jim went this past week, got his scan results back, and uh, they, do not, they did not find any cancer in the bones. Um, 
So uh, uh, they are going to do a couple more tests. They want to make sure that it's not spread to any other organs, but we're just going to still believe the report of the Lord this morning. Amen. So we're just believing in healing. I tell you, every time I see him, he looks better. But I know uh, stress and uh, stress will make you weary too. So I think he's kind of a little bit relieved. But uh, I believe that God's going to continue to move in his life and work. Amen. Um, continue to remember the Coon family. Uh, many of you all know uh, uh, Rodney Coon. Uh, been a pillar in this community for many years. Uh, they are having his viewing tonight and his funeral tomorrow. So remember that family. Uh, uh, again, A.B. and his family's been coming to church here the last several weeks, so uh, we want to make sure we reach out to them and let them know where this church is praying for them uh, through this time. It, uh, I got to go over and spend some time with them at the hospital the other day as well, so continue to remember them. And then also, busy, busy week. Tomorrow, uh, we are, Jacob's leaving at 10 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, Jacob's going to pull out of the church with the van. He's taking campers to youth camp, uh, team camp this week. Very excited about that. Uh, and then also, ladies, tomorrow night, 6.30, we have a ladies meeting. Uh, it, ladies, this meeting is, I don't know what you all have planned after I'm finished, but at the very beginning of this meeting, um, we are going to have nominations for uh, your, your uh, ladies president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer will nominate this month, and then when we come back in the fall, you'll, have your, you'll vote on those. And then also, I know Belinda wants to have a discussion about this weekend. Uh, Saturday is Family Day slash Pastor Appreciation Day from noon till 3. We're going to have inflatables, uh, cornhole, cookout, all that good stuff. We're just going to have a, a, a family church picnic and just uh, have a, a great time from noon to 3. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet out on uh, the coffee bar. You need to go out there and sign up to bring something on Saturday. Belinda said everybody has to sign up. You're not allowed to leave today without putting your name down for something. So uh, make sure you go out there and sign up for that. Tuesday, we have prayer at the church from 10 a.m. till six uh, till 8 p.m. 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. that evening. Uh, so come out and be a part of prayer that day. The doors are open all day. You can come in and have a time of prayer. Men's lunch at noon. And then Wednesday, we're going to continue, or we're going to have our finale of our Spirits That Hinder series that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. If you miss Wednesday, I think Wednesday's Spirit of Leviathan was probably my favorite one. So if you weren't here Wednesday, shame on you. You missed it. You just, you missed it. Uh, but we had a good time, and it was, the one, it was probably my it was my favorite one so far, so maybe we can fix it, This make this Wednesday my favorite one. But that one was great. And then Sunday is Father's Day. So we'll have service Sunday morning, and then wives, you get to take your husbands out and buy them steak dinner. Man, it gets quiet. It gets quiet every time. Huh? Uh. But wives, you still get to take your husbands out. You don't get out of that. Man. We're going to have altar service at the beginning. Jack, if you want to lay hands on her. All right, I'm going to move out of the way get a, get before I get myself in trouble up here. So if our ushers would come. But again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, uh, again, lots to pray about today. 
But I want us just to enter into worship and just have a, a phenomenal service this morning. I'm kicking off a summer series. We're probably going to be in it a while. I, was going, I, I sent out a message a couple weeks ago on Facebook and asked if we wanted to do uh, on Wednesday night, if we wanted to talk about God's authority or God's names. And half of you said God's authority and half of you said God's name. So we're going to do God's names on Sunday mornings and God's authorities on Wednesday nights. So, but uh Chris, you want to open us up this morning in prayer? the God I serve knows only how to triumph and my God will never fail no my God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the Jesus, every war he wages, he will win. So I'm not backing down from any giant, cause I know how this story ends. Yes, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. See a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. Oh, 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 oh. 
worship my way through this battle. Gonna worship my way through. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Come on, can you sing that this morning? You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. And I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good you take what the enemy meant for evil and you turn it for good you turn it for good thank you jesus you're working it out. Yes. You're working it out for my good. Hallelujah. He's working it out for our good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, you may be looking at your circumstances and things that you've gone through, things that you've done, and you may wonder how in the world will God ever work this out for my good. But he's a God of miracles, and, and whatever he says, he will do. And he says that he works all things to the good of those that love him. Hallelujah, and God, we love you this morning, and we know that you're in control. And God, whatever it is that you want for us, Lord Jesus... Hallelujah. We just surrender our wills to you this morning. And we say we know that you're a good father and you will not let us down. So, God, right now in the name of Jesus, we welcome you into this room. Not only into this room, but into our lives, Lord Jesus. And we give you control. Hallelujah. 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 We turn it over to you right now in the name of Jesus. We take our hands off of the thing that we've been trying to control for so long. Because we know that you are God, and we know that you are good. And not only that, we know that you are good to us. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. And when you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. When you walk into the room, everything changes. Darkness starts to tremble at the light that you bring. And when you walk into the room, every heart starts burning. And nothing matters more than just to sit here at your feet and worship you. We worship you, Jesus. And we love you and we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. And when you walk into the room, sickness starts to vanish. Every hopeless situation ceases to exist. And when you walk into the room, the dead begin to rise. Cause there is a resurrection life in all you do. And we love you and we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. We love you. And we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. Come and consume God, all we are. We give you permission, our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you.
come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you come on let's sing it again we want you come and consume come and consume God all we are we give you permission our hearts are yours we want you we want you Come and consume God, all we are. We give you permission, our hearts are yours. We want you. We want you. Come on, sing it out. We love you. And we'll never stop. We can't live without you. Jesus, we Can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. We love you, and we'll never stop. We can't live without you, Jesus. We love you. We can't get enough. All this is for you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, we love you, Jesus. Come on, can you go ahead and give him some praise in this place? It's all about you, Jesus. Yes, hallelujah. It's all about you, Jesus. Yes. I'm coming with the heart of worship. I'm bringing in a brand new song. I'm ready to see the unthinkable. I'm ready for a miracle. Hearts praying for a fresh encounter. Souls looking to the living God. I'm ready for a real revival. Oh, Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place, fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. We're on the of a new beginning God we know you have so much more we're looking to a new horizon we're praying for your rain to pour an overflowing of true redemption an overflowing of your kingdom we're ready for a real revival oh Holy Spirit come like a flood like a fire holy spirit fall in this place fill our 
wood like a fire, Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Who can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Oh, can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood like a fire holy spirit come oh holy spirit come who can you feel it heaven is reaching oh can you hear it our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Oh, can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood like a fire holy spirit come oh holy spirit come oh holy spirit come you've asked him to come He's here. Heaven is reaching, 
Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your healing. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Oh, can you feel it? Heaven is reaching. Oh, can you hear it? Our God is speaking. Oh, can you see it? He's got your feeling. Oh, just receive it. Receive the freedom. Come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. Fill our hearts. Holy Spirit, come like a flood, like a fire. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Isn't it amazing that no matter what you have need of, he's it. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what it is, he's the answer. And we're going to go into this series about God's names, and I started just, like, I found a chronological kind of thing that was showing the names of God from the the Old Testament into the New Testament, I thought, which ones do I pick? Like he's a, he, he gave himself a name to every person that had a situation. If you needed peace, he was Shalom. If you needed a provider, he was Jireh. <laughs> Come on. No matter what it is, he's it. And like, I didn't even know how to start this. I was like, am I just going to pick a name and, and start this series? And then I thought, man, we just got to talk about how majestic God is first. And then, like, I found that picture, and I thought, man, like, captain of salvation, judge, teacher, the way, son of Joseph, image of God, rock of offense, Jesus, master. I mean, God's dear son, there are so many names. Which ones do I pick? You just get to come every week and see. Because I may change from week to week, I don't know. But today we're going to talk about the majesty of God's name. And Connie, I didn't give you this scripture, but if you have your Bibles, go with me to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah 42. I thought this was the most fitting scripture to start this thing off with, and it just kind of came to me while I was sitting there in that front row. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 8. I am the Lord, that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to idols. Arvel, would you pray this morning?
give somebody a high five, tell them you're glad they're here. And as you're doing that, everybody wanted to look back there at Dave and just wave at him and tell him happy birthday, Dave Castle's birthday's day. And, uh, and FYI, Terry didn't throw you under the bus, Danny Knapper did. <laughs> 29 and holding. The names of God, Arvel was just praying and he made the statement in his prayer that in our time of need, whatever that need is, God has a name for that moment. And, and again, I, I kind of struggled. I knew I wanted to do the names of God on a Wednesday night series and then I thought, man, I'm just going to preach it on Sunday mornings because I think um, as a body of believers, I think it's hard to know who God is if we don't understand who his name is. And I think his names help us to become better, uh, uh, better in our relationship with him. And I think his names are so majestic. And that's what I want to talk about today, just kind of get us started, is the, the majesty of God's name. Because names are important. Names are very, very important. Names often, when you think about them, they identify the, the historical significance of locations. Uh, you, you probably, most of us in this room, when we say Philadelphia, the first thing we think of is the city of brotherly love. Uh, when we say Jerusalem, we probably, most of us, our mind goes to the city of peace. So that we, we, we attach names and there's meanings to those names and I know that current events in those cities right now probably reflect a little bit different than the city of peace and the city of brotherly love with all the the the, the turmoil that's going on in our world but but people's names when when we identify with people's names they often give insight to who they are they give us that we we, we learn their identity by their name now you know uh, when, when newly uh, married people become one, the woman will typically change her last name to match the name of her husband. And when she does that, she is agreeing basically to align herself. Her, very, the, her identity is now with the man that she loves. So uh, uh, the, the, a child who is being adopted uh, typically will take on the name of the family who is adopting that child for the very same reason, because they are attaching themselves to the family that loves them. Um, Parents, often we choose baby names that today not so. Today is a little different than what it was in biblical times because today parents we often choose baby names because of the way they sound rather than what they mean. Um, so what you'll end up having is you name somebody something because you like the sound of it, but then later on you didn't like the meaning of it, so you give them a nickname, right? And then typically that nickname is attached to them because of their characteristic. We nickname somebody because of how we identify them. Now listen to me. Some people do not like their nicknames, so you better check and make sure because sometimes their nicknames are offensive. So uh, don't call them by a nickname that they don't like. But nicknames, again, they often reflect... The, the, uh, they reflect who that person is. Names are so important that parents will even avoid attaching some names to their children. Isn't it amazing that we do not have any Hitlers being born anymore? There's nobody really naming their son Benedict Arnold. No, there's not too many of those names out there because, because those names, they have a negative uh, 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 tone to those. We, we, they reflect of who those people were, so we do not name our, our, our children those names anymore because, again, they're, they're, uh, they're, they're negative. Names matter. 
And again, I don't think we want to name our son Hitler and have him living life in the world we live in today. So again, we, we, we choose our names very carefully because names represent something. Whether positive or negative, they represent something. So names do matter. Um, again, we, we've got names that we have to be careful because we were talking about nicknames. Sometimes you will call somebody something or pronounce their name wrong, and it actually it's disrespectful to them, and it's dishonoring to them, and they get offended over that. We pronounce it wrong. Listen, I've learned that this year, taking role in class. These kids are quick to say, that's not my name. You said it wrong. And then you look at it, and you're like, that's exactly how it's spelled out. Well, I don't pronounce it that way. So you learn those very quick. So what I learned very quick was instead of me taking attendance, I would say, here, David, you know every kid in here. Track them if they're here or not. So I didn't have to say their names anymore. But while names matter, it also has to be said that a person can have a name that don't have no quality attached to that name. Again, I think many of us, we named our children and not because we because it sounded good not because of a quality of that name uh, and another thing is you we we try to uh, name our children or we'll name somebody something in hopes that they will be like the person that we're naming them after uh, the last several years and over the last couple decades you have had people who have named their children Michael Jordan and there is a problem Michael Jordan had ability that white people don't have. Just saying. He did things that, that we, and we, we name our kids in hopes that they will be able to do those things. Listen, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, two different people, two different things. So we have to understand that just because we name our child Michael Jordan does not mean he's going to be Michael Jordan. We have people who have named, literally, I looked this up the other day, we have people who have named their kids Bill Gates in hopes that they would be rich like Bill Gates. Names do not make you who you are. They mean something, but they do not make you. They, they, names, I guess what I'm saying is names don't equal substance. So when the name is connected to quality, then it represents something, and the result is powerful. When God names you something, it means something. You can go, I mean, from Genesis to Revelation, the Bible demonstrates the power of a name. And much of it has to do specifically with God's names. And chapter after chapter, each name of God that appears in the Bible, Danny, the, 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 I mean, if we, would, if we would try to take every one of the names that God has given us and write a book on it, you would, I mean, there would be volumes. It wouldn't just be chapters. You would have volumes of who God is. God reveals his name to, to so many different people and so many different perspectives because that's who he is in the moment. He, he, he's, he's everything, but he's only something to somebody in the moment. And isn't it amazing that in the very same moment, he can be Shalom to Nate and Jireh to me. In the very same moment, he can be so many different things to so many different people. And I think it's why it's important that we actually not just listen to Pastor Mick for the next several weeks, but you also break these names down. Go home and study them because 
we, I think we, if we really knew the names of God when we prayed, we would pray better. We would know who to pray to. Because sometimes I think we just, we, we throw words out when we pray and hope that God answers us. But if we really study out the names of God and know who He is, I think we would realize how much power is behind the name. Y'all's quiet this morning. I know it's summertime, we're tired, it's hot, springtime, but listen, this is important. We need to learn the names of God. We need to understand that it, it's going to make us a, a stronger person when it comes to our prayer life and when we're reading about who we're reading about. One name by itself can't fully represent who God is. One name itself cannot fully, I mean, cannot represent the full, the full majesty and power of who God is. One name alone cannot fully tell us who this person that we refer to as God. It's amazing to me how many names he has. I've become so convinced that God longs for us to know him so much fuller that he desires for us to know who he truly is. And we'll learn that when we study his names. If I, if I study his names and know what the names mean, I really just, it, 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 it's going to give us a better understanding. When we truly know him, when we truly understand and experience the depths of his goodness and his power and his hearts, that, that, the heart that he has for us to open up and to worship him, knowing God's name, it's critical, Danny, for our comprehension and our application to the strength and the victory that comes through the nature of God. It's... It, it, I didn't realize how important it was. I mean, I knew it was important to know the names of God, and, and I thought I knew the names of God. But, man, I'm, there are so many names that I've really never looked into and just kind of skimmed over and, and thought, well, that's a cool name. But God wants us to come face to face. He, he, I mean, he wants us not only to have significance, but he wants us to have substance. And, and, and it requires us to know his name, who he is. In fact, throughout the Bible, when God reveals a new aspect about his character, Danny, to somebody, he often reveals it by saying a name. Whatever our present situation, God has a name to fit it. You search the scriptures. When God asked Moses to lead the Israelites out of probably the most difficult, challenging situation, he empowered Moses by revealing one of those names. And Moses knew he couldn't go to, go to the Israelites in the authority of Moses. So Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, Moses said to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me. Now they may say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? Moses needed to know God's name. He knew God's power. He knew God's authority. But he needed a name that was attached to that. And I love this scripture because it was at this point that God unveils one of the greatest names in scripture. God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said, thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent you. Wow. I am who? Whatever you need, I am. God, the great I am, shows up in Israel or Egypt. He brings freedom to the captives. He overpowers the enemy. And the people watch it and they begin to see their destiny unfold because of a name. 
When we know his name, we unlock the treasure. You see, that's what, when I started studying and looking at these names, again, my struggle, Nate, was which ones? Because, like, we could be here till next year talking about the names of God. But, but I just want to kind of break down some names over the next couple weeks so that we'll come to ways to know him that we've, not, that we've previously not known him. And some of these names that we've all used and we've all said, but do we really even know what they mean? I mean, some of them, we don't even know how to pronounce. Like, I'm already having to use Google Translate to figure some of these names out, and I still don't know what they're saying. When we identify and understand God's names and how it relates to our situations, that's when you and I are going to be able to connect to a God that has power to deliver us from a situation. There's a difference in knowing his names and knowing who he is. And I think so many times we just we pray and we spout off names, but we don't really know who he is. God's name is a key that unlocks the treasure that God has in store for all of us. And Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and it and what? And is safe. His name alone, it, it, it's, a, it, it's a fortified place. It's a safe place. It's a, it's a place of freedom. It's a place of security. It's a place of peace. The psalmist David in Psalm 111 verse 9 says, He has sent redemption to his people. He has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. God is so awesome that he has a name for whatever you're facing this morning. No matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, God has a name and his names communicate specific attributes of himself to you so that we can fully uncover the power, the, 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 the privilege, the productivity that comes with the name. You know, you know, we always, we know that Jesus is the name that's above all names, and we always use that name. But man, God has so many names for our circumstances. You know, he, he, it's majestic. Psalm 8 begins with this well-known verse of Scripture. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The psalmist says that the names of God, they, they're, 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 they, they kind of they convey His majesty, they convey His glory. His name is nothing short of pure majesty. And when we discover this and we experience this and we understand this, we get to understand and realize how majestic our God is. When David pins down, how majestic is your name? He's not just saying, God, I know your name. He's saying, God, your name is excellent. That's what he's saying. He's not just writing down, I know who you are. He's not just saying, I have an acquaintance with you, and I know your name is God. I am, and I'm going to come and speak to you in a minute. No, he's saying, God, your name is majestic. It's excellent. It's magnificent. I mean, majesty actually means full of splendor. And then he follows it up, and he says, you have displayed your splendor above the heavens. Psalm chapter 8, David responds to God's creation. And he says, when I consider your heavens, the work of your, not your hands, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? 
David is looking at the, the awe of God's creation. And I've, I've read that verse, and I've never really paid attention to finger. We always say the hand of God. The hand of God. God just waved his hand. No, God just started painting with his finger. His finger. The majesty of God's name. David forgot about his own. And he began to see this. And what strikes me most about this scripture is he says, The work of your fingers. David gives human attributes to a God to understand him. We all know that God's spirit and we must worship him in spirit and truth. But he used men to write the Bible to describe him in human terms so that you and I could have a better picture of who he is. David wrote that he needed only his finger, his finger, to do the amazing work of the universe. When we pick something up, we typically grab it with our hands. When you and I pick something up, we usually, we grip it with our full hands. So to tell you that I picked something up with my fingers, it means it wasn't that heavy, Danny. I was just, I was just grabbing it. I, I didn't have to use my entire hand. We will, we'll brag on that. I just had to use my fingers. David was bragging on God. And he said he created all this beauty around us with his fingers. And he emphasized that God didn't need hands. He didn't need arms. He didn't need none of that. He, he all this with finger. It's finger painting. And God's finger painting is more glorious than any oil canvas that we'll ever see. God's creation brings in the thoughts like David's when he says, What is man that you take thought of him and the son of man that you care for him? He took his finger and made creation, and yet David is in awe saying, Why would you even take care of me? You did all this and you're, and you're, you're concerned about me. It, it, go all the way even to Job, when, it, it, towards the end of Job, when he said, behold, he said, I am insignificant. That's what Job said. What can I reply to you? And he said, I lay, what did he say? I lay my hand on my mouth. That, I, just, I need to hush. I'm so insignificant, God. In the New Testament, Jesus tells us that, that, that God shows and discloses his, his, his awesomeness and His excellence and His splendor to people who have childlike hearts. They are the ones given eyes to see His majesty. I mean, isn't it amazing? You can tell a child the story of creation and, and about Jesus and how they just light up and they, they love it, but adults, we're just like, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I get, I, I, I get lost. When I'm by myself, a lot of times I get lost. And then like we get to drive through this state in the fall. And, and when the, the leaves start, David probably gets to drive it a lot, going to these bridges and stuff. But our state is beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. I'll never forget when Talena and I uh, had went to the beach one year. It was the first time that we'd went uh, after we got married. And I just, I just sat out on the balcony, and, and I, I watched, and I was looking, and I just about probably was to tears. And she was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, look at this. And she's like, Mick, you've been to the beach every year of your life. You just now realizing this? And I said, 
Yes. I just never took time to sit. And I mean, as a kid, who cared about all that? There was girls and Never mind, different story. I'm going to get in trouble right here. But I, I, you take a moment to look and, and see this. And David says, with your finger. With your finger. I think we lose sight of who he is. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 11, verse 25, he says, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Psalm 8 and 2 goes on to say, From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. Infants and babes are people who recognize their dependence on God. That's what he's trying to say. They're the ones that, that we're not, I mean, we're not, they're not so impressed with their own self. Church, if you believe you have it all together, or you think highly of your success or achievements, by the time we finish this series, you're going to be able to pronounce all these names, but you're not going to be able to experience Him. The majesty of God, the, the, the splendor of God, it's reserved for people who know enough to know that they don't know nothing. I, I mean, really. To know God's name, to experience His nature, I mean, that is intimacy that, that we have to learn that we're depending upon Him. And God, he, I just read it. God's not going to share His glory with nobody else. We, we have to humble ourselves if we really want to know Him. We have to realize that, that how insignificant we are and recognize who He is. I mean, Matthew told us to, to hallow His name. You can't know his name until you forget your own. He said, hallowed be thy name. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. That word means holy. It's, it, 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 it's the same word that means apart or sanctified. God's name is holy. It's set apart. It's sanctified. There's no other name like this name. That's what, that's what Matthew was writing down when Jesus, or Jesus was telling us when Matthew was writing this down and telling us, this is how you pray. You're praying to a holy God who is set apart, that has no rival, has no equal. I mean, there's nobody close to him. That's who you're approaching when you kneel down in prayer. In other words, we can't mix up God's name with anybody else's. We're, we, we can't lump his name in with a bunch of others. We can't talk about our God and lump in uh, uh, Buddha and Muhammad and Allah and, uh, and all these other. He, he has nobody that's nobody is in the same paragraph with him. You can give your top ten, but his, he, he stands above all those ten and he has a book all to himself. And we have to understand that. People are to be honored and be respected, and, and, and we need to reverence them. But there is no name that needs reverenced or, or hallowed or honored or respected more than the names of God. None. We, we, and again, not only just the verbalization of his names, but the characteristics they bring. How holy they are. 
I mean, when you read the stories of these names and, and, and where they came from in Scripture and why we use them here in the next couple of weeks when we start breaking these down and we realize how significant they are. I mean, listen to me. His name is Hallow. His name carries weight. He's the only God who operates from heaven. The only. And the opposite is found in the Ten Commandments when Exodus says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. The word vain, I don't think we truly understand that. We think just because somebody says, oh my God. No, there is so many other ways we take his name in vain. That word vain means empty, without meaning. It describes something, I wrote this down, it says it describes something as having no substance or having nothing. We use his name a lot of times. When we strip value from the name of God, we're taking his name in vain. And many times in the world that we live in, when people use God's name, they strip value from it. We'll joke about God's name. We have people who will forge God's name. And what I mean by forgery, we, it, it's an unauthorized use of a name. Go write your name on somebody's check and see what happens. If you ain't God, don't be trying to sign his check. Uh-oh. Some of y'all get that in a minute. A lot of times we will use God's name without having a relationship with him. And then we fail to give him honor. And when we expect him to bless us, Danny, we give him no honor whatsoever. And while we're still sitting here expecting God, just bless me. Bless me, bless me, bless me. How many times, Happy, do you go to events with the veterans and all of us in different events? But at the beginning of an event, we'll get an invocation. And at the end, we'll give a benediction. But nowhere in the middle is there a God. When God is not understood, when God's not valued, when he's underappreciated for who he truly is, it's identity theft. We're taking his name in vain. And God's fully aware of who's doing it. When God isn't treated like he rightfully should be treated, he doesn't take it lightly. You know, he, he's not going to conform to, to my interpretation of who he is, Nate. Never. He's never going to manifest his presence in a situation where his worth is lessened. Where his character is cheapened. He's not going to show up there. We can say his name, but we're forging it. God is anything but cheap. And he demands that we value his name. He's the great I am. And all honor, all honor, not some, all 
honor is due him. The, the, the revelation and the knowing of his names. God tells us, Danny, who he is, who he's not. And he does not tell us who we think he should be. He's the great I am. I am not who we want him to be. Too many people were trying to conform God to our own desires and trying to define God outside of himself. Man, it, it, y'all are quiet. This is either really good or really bad or y'all's really mad. Again, taking God's name in vain. Have you, how many's ever had somebody try to define them? The, the, the person who's trying to tell you who you are without even knowing who you are? Yeah? We, we do the same thing with God. We'll, we'll use His name, and, and it's so inconsistent with who his, what His nature is. Look at our pulpits this morning, what we're calling church, and we're attaching God's name to it, and it's plumb outside of his nature. I'll let y'all read between the lines. We're taking his name in vain. That's why if you place your hand on a Bible in a courtroom, and you say what? I, I, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. If you lie, what do you do? You perjure yourself. Because what we've done is we, we've lied and it's inconsistent with God's character and God's name. And basically the court system will say, you took God's name in vain. You lied. The serpent in the Garden of Eden. He, he, he comes and, and he asks Eve and he makes a statement. He says, has God said? Whose name does he invoke right there? The devil didn't have any problem whatsoever invoking God's name into the conversation. In fact, he knew that he probably wouldn't get, he wouldn't get very far in a conversation without using the name of God with Adam and Eve. So he used God's name in vain. He uses it falsely. And then from Genesis chapter 2 to through up until 3, God is referred to as the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim. And we're going to talk about that next week. But Elohim talks about the creative powers and the, 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 the relational authority that God has with mankind. But Satan omitted that name, and he just used God. Why? He used it in vain. Because he didn't want to use those attributes. Because, you know, God bless our, our moms and grandmas and everybody else before us. But how many times have you heard people try to attribute scriptures to the phrases that aren't out there? I promise you. You can open this thing from Genesis. Actually, you can use the maps if you want to because you'll not find it. But there's nowhere in here where it says God helps those who help themselves. 
You'll not find it. You'll not find in this Bible. Karen will swear it's in there, but it's not. But cleanliness is not next to godliness. It's not in there. Sorry, Karen. You'll search that Bible over and over, and you'll not see the phrase, patience is a virtue. Now, it's probably, it is, and, and, and you, you could probably get that out of a few scriptures, but you'll, you'll not read, the Bible says patience is a virtue. No, it doesn't. Look at y'all. Y'all have used that stuff. Y'all have used that on your kids. You've taken the Lord's name in vain, and you got mad at them for saying, OMG. Listen, taking the Lord's name in vain goes much further than a kid saying, oh my God. There, there's so many methods and definitions to who God is and, and how we have forged his name and taken it out of context. It, to define God by our own wishes and our desires rather than to know who he is and how he defines himself. Church, it's, 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 it's sin. We want a God who can... We want a God who can be easily understood. That, that's what we want. We want this God who we can just slap a bumper sticker on our, on our car or a coffee mug and say, that's who God is. God can't be confined to our trinkets and our stickers. His names reflect His power, and His power is accessed by knowing Him, who, by who He truly is. It affirms, His names affirm who He is. To know God's name is to know power. If, if, if I don't attach his name to his character, I'm using his name in vain. Satan will, will try to, to redefine God by misusing his names. God, God wants to be more than just a subject in a theology book. He wants to be real to us right now, church. And I'm telling you, no matter what you're going through, he has a name. He has a characteristic in the Bible that attaches itself to the situation you're in right now. And I'm telling you just what Moses told to Egypt and the, to uh, the Israelites, I am. That's all you need to know. That's who's in your situation this morning is I am. So, you know, sometimes he allows us to get into these moments that seem hopeless. Why? Just so that we'll, like, Mary and Martha. I mean, Lazarus died. They're mad. Jesus shows up. Guess what? They experience resurrection. Why? Because God got to teach them in that moment what his name was. Resurrection became a whole new meaning to them. You, you think about that. I mean, so many times he has shown up in our life when we thought we were in hopeless situations, and he's defined a name for us. God wants us to, to, to see him through spiritual eyes and not physical eyes. Because when I look at him in physical eyes, I get mad sometimes because why aren't you here? You should have been here four days ago. A lot of people rarely, rarely experience resurrection in their hopeless situations because we're too earthbound. We're seeking the false God of who we want him to be. We can try to use God's name all we want, but we don't know God's name as he defines himself.
We've got to take him at his word, church. Praise team, if you'll come. David wrote in Psalm 86 and 11, Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. We need to get back to fearing God's name again because that, that's what empowers us to walk in truth. When we fear God's name, when we honor Him with our lives, that's where it's at. When we, you know, we can ask whatever we wish, and the Bible says it'll be given to us. How many knows this morning that God's name and the name of Jesus brings protection and it brings provision? Danny, I can speak all the names of God. Ellis, I can speak the name of Jesus every time I open my mouth. But if I don't know the character behind the name, I might as well just use the name of Mick. And if he recognizes that you know little about his character, and you don't align your life and your thoughts and your choices with him, are we taking his name in vain? Over and over in Scripture, you can look and read where God shows up in people's lives in miraculous ways. He, he leads them to victory. They defeat their opponents. They, they, they destroy their enemies. They, they You know, whatever. But if we'll watch closely as God reveals these various aspects of His character and His names, we will praise Him. We will fear, we will reverence and worship Him because we've experienced the greatness and the power of knowing His name. Pastor, I don't even know what I've got to praise Him for. Did God wake anybody up this morning? Has He supplied all your needs? Has He put food on your table? Has He kept you safe? Terry, has He healed your body? Are we clothed and covered and in our right mind? There may be some Job's in this, and other Bible characters in this building right now. You're suffering, you're experiencing trials. But listen, He offers the fullness of His presence and His peace when we humble ourselves before Him to know Him. We honor His great name. And as we go through these series, this sermon series of God's names, I think each week we'll have people in this room that are experiencing something that they need that name. So that's what I'm just telling you to be prepared to discover God in ways that we've never known Him before because I believe once we understand His names, we understand Him better. Amen? Can we, can we stand to our feet and just lift our hands? This praise team is going to lead us in worship. And if you're here this morning and you're one of those 
that you're suffering and you're going through an experience or a trial and you need to experience the fullness of his presence and his peace, why don't you come to this altar this morning and let me pray with you? There'll be others that come in behind you and pray with you. But if you need to feel his presence and his peace this morning, come, come. Thanks for listening with us today. We hope that you have been challenged, inspired, or God has changed you somehow or in some way by what you have heard. If you would like to learn more about Fountain of Life Worship Center, find us at our website at folwc.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash folwc, or in person. If you have a prayer request that you would like us to join in praying with you, please head to our prayer page at folwc.com slash prayer and click the image that reads prayer request. If you'd like to support this ministry, you can go to our website, folwc.com, and click Give at the top of the page. Join us every Thursday for a new podcast. Hit subscribe on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast to keep up with our most recent podcast episode. Have a great day, and God bless you all.